0: Well, good morning, folks. This is Scott Custard and Nate Smithson for this week's uh, moving parts key market drivers. Um, the week of 328, it is Tuesday morning, the 29th. Um, we'll start out as we always do here on this first slide. Um, you see all of our contact information there. Please call us uh, at that main number. Down in the lower left-hand corner, or shoot us an email or a text. Uh, We'd sure be uh, uh, happy to help you with any questions that you might have. So this week um, has kind of um, been like some of the, the 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 others here in the last several. Uh, the the main driver continues to be Russia-Ukraine. Now we've been talking about Russia-Ukraine now for the better part of of uh, uh, the last month. They um, they invaded, I believe, if, if I'm not mistaken, on February 24th. So that, that remains to be one of the biggest drivers in the marketplace. Um, and I think it will be for uh, for for an unknown period of time as well. Some of the other things, uh, really two, I think, things that uh, are helping to push things a little bit this week Um We've got the COVID rearing its ugly head again in China. We've got some lockdowns over there, um, uh, namely Shanghai, the city of Shanghai, 20 million people, is back on lockdown. Um, I haven't seen the uh, hospitalizations and deaths um, uh, spiking uh, like we have seen in the past. So um, you know, it's not known how quite how severe it is yet, but but certainly they've they've felt that was severe enough to go ahead and lock down and and that is having some uh, sway in the marketplace. um the last thing I think that our markets are watching um, closely and 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 kind of speculating on uh, today on Tuesday is that we have a couple of big reports that come from USDA this thursday march thirty first. We get our first quarter March first um, uh, stocks in all positions and and that will be a a pretty good uh, thing, especially for corn um, and wheat, and to a lesser degree, I suppose, um, soybeans. How much have we fed? How much has gone out the door? All those certain things. Um, And then the other thing that probably is a little bit bigger uh, concern on traders' minds right now is the planting intentions. Um, Remember that this particular report is one where USDA sends out a postcard to all the farmers. And uh, they ask for that farmer to tell them, "Hey, what do you intend to plant this year, uh, and how much?" Um, and so that's always one uh, uh, on the calendar of USDA reports throughout the year. It's, it holds a pretty good sway in the marketplace. Um, some of the other things th- um, that uh, that that we're looking at and, and that we have seen here just uh, in the in the last little bit. Um, We've got CRP acres uh, coming back up again in the uh, uh, in in the being talked about. Uh, USDA Secretary uh, Vilsack is um, uh, looking at the potential of of having some of this CRP acres come back into arable production. We've talked about that here in our office a little bit, and while that. May sound like uh, four million acres uh, is not uh, you know a, a small piece of land, but the uh, the issue is that uh, most of that stuff that has been in the CRP program for any length of time is not in a condition that can come back into um, production you know uh, in two months time. Uh, most of that stuff is 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 overgrown uh, at a minimum with with a uh, uh, plenty of, of natural grass on it. Um, if not uh, having you know trees and whatever else that have grown up in that uh, land. So it, it can't come back into arable production in a very, very quick manner. So perhaps that's uh, not as big of a, a thing as what some people would like to think. But uh, that's a, a thing that is also being talked about in the EU. The EU has now uh, said that uh, their farmers Uh, Can sow crops on about six percent of their ag land that has been set aside too. Now they don't call it, you know, conservation reserve, but their set aside over there um, is now uh, has been opened up uh, uh, for production uh, this year as well. But they'll likely face the same issues, right, Scott? I
1: mean, in Europe as we have here, as far as maybe not being perfectly fit for production right out of the gate.
0: This absolutely, absolutely, a lot of that land is. Set aside and can be grazed, um, but but uh, you know once you get it in there and and you you graze it and make pasture out of it for several years at a time, uh, it it needs to be worked and and tilled uh, in a special way before it can come right back into production. Um, I guess another thing to uh, to mention is that uh, fertilizer prices uh, continue to rise. Uh, we we heard of some um, ammonia prices in Tampa. That were at a new record high for April, um, over 600. Check that, 1,600 dollars per metric ton. That was 43 percent higher than what it was a month ago. So uh, that certainly is weighing um, on, on people as well. And all of this, you know, has caused the marketplace, um, you know, to to be pretty jumpy and pretty volatile. Um, probably should have mentioned it earlier, but. So far on the overnight session uh, today, we've seen a pretty dramatic drop in a lot of our ag commodities. We've got Chicago wheat down 70 to 80 cents before we went into the biscuit break here this morning. Kansas City was down 65 to 70 cents, Minneapolis down about 55 cents, big move lower today. If you're short wheat, uh, you should be uh, looking to extend that flour coverage today. Corn was um, down twenty five cents in the spot, down about sixteen in new crop. Soybeans were down fifteen cents in the spot and off about twenty cents in new crop. and soybean oil uh, was down about a penny, a little more than a penny here this morning. So um, big movements today, but in the whole scheme of things, maybe not uh, as as much as you might think, we're still kind of within the ten day trading range that we have been been in. so uh, the market uh, continues to get moved around and is is highly volatile because of this unknown situation that we're dealing with uh, over in Russia-Ukraine. A um, couple of other things here, to, uh, just you know, to to mention on corn, um, you know, the Safrina corn crop is planted in Brazil, um, and it's actually looking up and and looking decent. Their first crop of corn is actually already about two-thirds harvested. The uh, private analysts are calling that crop still in the kind of low one teens, 112, 113. Uh, Cordonier is at uh, 112 right now. Argentina, um, there's, you know, some are starting to uh, uh, tick that production guesses down just a little bit. Um, their corn crop is just barely started to get harvested. and And some of this dryness that we're talking about down there is affecting the last little bit of that crop in the south. Um, that, that needs to, to continue to grow. Um, on the wheat side of things, uh, we, we had uh, some winter wheat conditions. Uh, we'll get our first national conditions report next Monday on the 4th. But uh, until then, uh, we, we had a, a topsoil moisture condition report here this last week. Kansas topsoil, 33% adequate and about 33%, got about a third, third and third. Third, really short, uh, a third in the middle, um, uh, and, and, and uh, kind of uh, just short and then a third as, as adequate. Oklahoma at 39% adequate and 32% short, 28% very short. Texas is not looking good at all. That's 89% very short. Um, Colorado, 53% adequate to, to a surplus even and about 47% short to very short. Uh, We had a report out of Ukraine from APK Inform, which is one of their analysts over there, and they were estimating that their full grain harvest for 2022 would fall about 55%. Now, some of the things that we've talked about from the analysts, uh, Bill App at AES and others, uh, because of all of this unknown, everybody's starting with about a 50% decline. So this is kind of not uncommon. Um, Some of the other things that we heard from over there is their Ag Minister uh, said that they're, you know, only about four of the six and a half million hectares of winter wheat area this year is likely to be harvested. Um, That it kind of rolls in line with some of the other things that I have said. So kind of a two thirds, 60 to 70% type of a harvest number coming out of there. the other thing that they mentioned their their grain association reports that uh, they've got about um, 20 million wheat left to export for 21-22 but the ports remain closed that number i have a lot of problems with i have not seen any other wire reports telling us uh, uh, that there was that much wheat uh, that they had on the books that was left to export so um, put that uh, on the side uh, and I stick a pin in it, and we'll get back to it uh, hopefully after I can confirm it. On the uh, oil seeds side of things, um, soybeans, you know, um, down in 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 Brazil, eighty percent nationally are now harvested. Um, you're You're done in Mato Grosso um, at, at, because, as you know, we get done harvesting beans and we go right to sarina corn, and we're nearly done planting that sarina corn. The analysts down there are kind of all in the lower 120s, uh, is at 123, um, and, you know, things look decent. It wasn't the, you know, outstanding numbers that we had uh, early in the season, but uh, it, it's kind of come in at the end of the day and and, and not been terrible. Uh, Argentina's right now at uh, Cordonier's got that at 39 million tons, uh, about a third of the crop is in good to excellent condition. and um nate have they started harvesting that yet probably not no i don't think so not yet we're getting close we're getting close um palm oil as you know has been just bananas over the last uh several weeks um it kind of had a bit of a quiet week this past week we were up about 80 bucks um up about back up about uh five percent and uh you know those rumors continue to to you know slosh around very violently in, in Indonesia. You know, we were talking about that uh, biodiesel mandate, the blending mandate. Um, the rumor was that they they were at 30, perhaps they were gonna go to 25 or maybe even go down to 20. Um, I, I guess that was maybe wishful thinking. That has been almost completely debunked in the marketplace right now. In fact, uh, weren't they also talking about maybe even raising that date?
1: Right yeah it's 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 been kind of one of those things that kind of changes by the day a little bit and maybe to some point maybe maybe just I mean the market's kind of gotten to the point where I, I think where it's kind of lost interest in it just because it keeps changing so much day to day, we'll kind of
0: have to wait and see where that thing settles out right. Uh, I suppose the other thing that probably needs to be uh, noted is is corn oil for those people that use corn corn oil. Um, that market has um, has continued to um, go straight up. Uh, ADM has been having some plant problems, um, and uh, the export market is is uh, weighing in on that. And apologize for that. We have somebody trying to call in while we're recording this. Um, we'll have to get back to them. But I, I think it's it's um, good to know or or to talk about uh, uh, letting people know that that corn oil market has been just crazy. Nate, you got anything to add on that? Sorry, there. I was just. Oh, I'm here. I was on mute. I'm sorry.
1: No, I mean it's yeah. The, the corn oil market's been been extremely volatile here in the last couple of weeks. Um, ADM having some having some problems in Clinton uh, last week definitely did not help things, and then. Uh, coming up here, they have another downtime scheduled for Decatur, which is going to keep the corn oil market relatively snug, probably going into you know the middle part of May into June. So uh, all this in, on top of the issues in Eastern Europe with the uh, sunflower shortage is definitely keeping corn oil prices severely elevated uh, compared to uh, historical prices. Yeah.
0: Okay, uh, let's move along here. Um... I mentioned earlier that the USDA reports on Thursday. Here's the kind of the uh, first cut, if you will, uh, of the average trade guesses. You can see here from a stocks perspective, um, it looks like uh, we're, we're aiming for uh, more corn, more soybeans, a little bit less wheat. Um, all of that is kind of in line with what the uh, market is looking for. Don't expect any big surprises there on the stock side of things. On the acreage, I, you can see here, this is where we were at last year, 93.3 on corn, 87, just a little over 87 on soybeans. The USDA Outlook Conference a month ago, um, you know, was saying, well, we're we'll probably get, likely get less corn and a little more beans. Um, all wheat was at uh, 46.7. We know that we already have some of that um, with our uh, uh, January planning report for winter wheat, um, and we're expecting to get a little more uh, out of the spring wheats, so, namely Durham and spring wheat. Um But I think the marketplace is now uh, wondering about, you know, are we going to, you know, come in line with this USDA outlook? You can see these these trade guesses here. I think if there's a surprise, uh, on Thursday, it's that we will uh, maybe see more soybean acres and maybe just a touch less corn acres. Um, I don't think we're going to get much of a surprise on wheat. Um, pretty much everybody is in uh, in line with about somewhere between you know three and three hundred thousand and five hundred thousand more wheat acres for spring wheat. Um, but that surprise that we'll be looking for is is probably on soybeans. Nate, you got anything to add? There? Well, yeah.
1: The only other thing I would add is, you know, this is just kind of a, a high-level snapshot of some of the larger crops. And when you actually look at at the other um, at the other principal crops that USDA reports on, I was listening to a radio report on the Red River Farm Network earlier. I guess it was last week, um, and they're 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 kind of talking about uh, a big jump in canola acres in North Dakota. Well, those canola acres will come at the expense of either you know corn, soybeans, likely not wheat um but you know so you we could see a surprise there where maybe we see a little bit smaller corn acres um uh, because we're you know sunflower prices are good canola i mean right now if you're a farmer especially in some of these fringe areas where you can plant a number of these crops uh you have a lot of options right now canola sunflowers barley i mean everything right now is so profitable that um
0: you have some options
1: Especially, especially in the state of fertilizer prices,
0: right? Yeah, it's exactly what I was going to say. Those fertilizer prices uh, are, are going to steer uh, certainly the farmers in North Dakota away from that because they can't get the same yields on their corn as, as exactly. uh, let's say, farmers in Iowa. So if I can't get the yield and the price of that fertilizer is through the roof, maybe I'll plant something else.
1: Well, and this really might be a year. I mean, it, it's worth noting that this is the, the, uh, you know, perspective plantings. This is what farmers are saying in you know, February or March. This is what I'm planning on planting, especially as you move north, um, uh, because we're a ways away a ways away yet from planting. We'll talk about that in a second. But we really won't find out what was planted until this report that you know we get a similar report at the end of June. And so um uh, this might be one of those years where we see a lot of things change between now and then Um, either because of the price action, uh, fertilizer, maybe there's a lot of cases where farmers are just now realizing, holy cow, uh, not only is fertilizer expensive, but maybe I can't get what it is that I need. And so I'm going to have to make some last minute changes and call call an audible here and, and change what I'm going to plant that, you know, um, so this might be one of those years where we get a number now and we come back in June and it, and it it deviates a bit from what we thought we were going to see.
0: Right. Right okay moving on uh we got some you know that's an ugly chart if i've ever seen one yeah and and, and
1: you know i guess we're kind of preaching to the choir here everybody on this call is probably already well well aware of this but um the actions in eastern europe have have really sent uh veg oil prices higher mainly uh as a result of of just of sunflower supply sunflower oil supply which of course most of it comes from that eastern uh, eastern europe uh russia area Um, But you can see the the refined corn oil market, uh, that one's kind of leading the charge there. And that's obviously, you know, we had said it's a function of sunflower oil, but also some domestic supply issues here. Um, But just everything across the board has really been kind of moving higher. Um, And we kind of have the perfect storm right now. We have the, the global issues on top of. Uh, the renewable fuels. I mean, we've we've kind of quit talking about renewable fuels the last week, few weeks here, just because it's it's kind of fallen to the back. But um, you know, distillers corn oil—that's a corn oil that comes off the back end of uh, ethanol plants. I looked last week. I haven't looked this week, but last week it was trading at like 85 cents a pound FOB Iowa. Well, 85 cents a pound for something that you can't eat is is pretty expensive. Well, what it's doing is it's it's trading higher because it it's uh, it's very. Uh, desirable to these renewable diesel plants that all the prices for for veg oils um, are are trending higher uh, just because in general right now uh, demand both from renewable fuels and the food sector. Is kind of pushing us uh, to to the limits of our supply side. And you can hop to the next slide if you want Scott. Uh, Looking at the spec position you know Dave's talked the last few weeks about the anomaly whenever you see open interest jump above 20% and you can see that on Kansas City wheat soy uh soybean meal soybean oil um they're all still hovering just above that 20% mark the thing that I would that I would note on this is that in on some of these commodities like Chicago wheat uh soybean meal soybean oil the uh the spec position is getting smaller but they're still maintaining that uh over 20% of the open interest which that tells you that that the, the overall open interest is getting a little bit smaller. Um, there's just less players in the market right now with this with this large volatility. Uh, you think about it if you're a, if you're a, a spec trader or a day trader with these big swings. Uh, a buddy of mine that used to be a trader he used to always say, "When in doubt, stay out." And this would be definitely be one of those markets that uh, you probably would have a little bit of doubt in. So some folks kind of leaving the market, but we're we're still maintaining though those large uh, percent of open interest. Um, on the spec position. If you want to jump to the next one, uh, there you go. On slide nine, talked a little bit about. You know, some people have asked the question, well, when when do guys start planting uh, their crops? In in the U.S., because of crop insurance, there are actually, believe it or not, there are a uh, there are dates that, um, that you can't plant before. Now you can plant before these dates, uh, but in some cases, you will reduce your crop insurance coverage. So across a large swath of the Midwest. Um, Kind of that starting April first, so kind of starting Friday and down in Missouri and southern Illinois, and then, as you move north uh you know within a week you can you can kind of see that uh, that April fifth April eleventh and by the by about April fifteenth most of the country can can be planting corn, and on soybeans we're probably about you know twenty to twenty five days behind that, so uh, we're really kind of approaching that time period here where where you would you would expect to see uh, tractors in the field. If you go to the next slide, Scott. But the the probably the the bigger the bigger hurdle that we're going to face this year, at least right now as you look at it, is soil temperatures. You can see mainly from that uh, kind of that I 70 area across central Missouri and north. Uh, soil temperatures are still kind of 30 degrees and colder, uh, which is is not uh, ideal for growing a crop. And in some areas, like where I live, there we still have some frost in the ground. Now, that can change quickly. We're supposed to get some rains this week, and I would suspect uh, we will put this map in here the next few weeks. And I would suspect if we come back next week, we'll see a lot more orange, yellow, and green moving north on this map. But this will be more of the, uh, what farmers are looking at as we move forward here on whether or not they're going to start sticking seed in the ground. Yep.
0: Um, as far as precipitation goes, I think we've had some some decent precipitation. This is the past seven days um and and a lot of this western corn belt and soybean growing area all the way up into minnesota and wisconsin got a, a nice nice drink of rain um uh, maybe some of the only places here far western kansas uh, uh oklahoma and texas panhandles in eastern colorado you know where a lot of that winter wheat is grown out there um just didn't get much at all maybe a quarter of an inch at the most uh, we'd like to certainly see more but Um, as you you roll forward here and look at the uh, forecast for this week, this is not bad. This is not bad. This is, again, is a little more uh, rain, up to about a quarter of an inch or so uh, across all of this area. We'd like to see more. You see some of this in the mountain regions. Hopefully that moves farther to the east. And then plenty, plenty of rain, um, you know, right across this uh, Missouri uh, and, and Mississippi River Valley. Um, and down across the Southeast. Um, So like Nate was saying, there's really, uh, uh, we're gonna be watching weather closely here as we roll through the next uh, couple of months as we get crops in the ground and then as we try to get crops up and growing. So we'll be talking about this more as time goes on. The the other longer term forecast, a little bit cooler in the six to 10 and eight to 14 days um and then kind of near normal to maybe just a little bit above normal in the uh southern areas down here six to ten would love to see this little goose egg of above normal rain here in the six to ten day uh that's right where we need it um otherwise it uh, doesn't appear to be anything uh, uh, real crazy uh on, on this uh, uh six uh, longer term uh forecasts um Canada, uh, Nate, you, you've heard some things out of the NIOP last week, right? Yeah, I
1: mean, talking to the uh, Canadians that were there, um, Western Canada has really, really good snowpack. In fact, the comment was made that they have as much, they've had more snow this year than they have the last three years combined. Um, and, and it's amazing how quickly mother nature can take us uh, an area where it's it's drier than anybody has ever seen in their life. And suddenly now it's like, wow, we're getting a lot of moisture. It uh, doesn't mean we're out of the woods yet. Obviously, when the ground is frozen, you get a lot of snow. When it melts, it can just run off and cause flooding. Uh, but there, but there is optimism there, uh, especially as farmers start looking at getting in the field this spring. So, um, you know, things don't look as bad. Uh, definitely have a long ways to go up in Canada from, from a moisture perspective, but looking a heck of a lot better than what we had a year ago.
0: Yeah. When you move uh, and look at at South America, remember that... You know all of this area up here is you know all the beans are out or largely out all of the safrinha corn crop uh, c- crop excuse me is in and so this is good rain certainly for the safrina corn crop but it's really not going to help much in the way of soybeans in in brazil i think you can still benefit um, uh, both crops probably more so on the soybean side of things when you talk about uruguay paraguay and and argentina um, we had a dry week last week. We got a little bit here in the, in the southern regions, and we'd like to see more. Um, if I'm not mistaken, what did I say, Nate? It was about 10% harvested on corn in, in Argentina. Their beans, I think, could still uh, benefit maybe uh, from a drink or two here over the next yeah, but week. We're, or- we're,
1: we're, we are definitely reaching to that point in the growing season where the, the uh, benefit is going to decline quickly um, as far as any kind of yield uh, yield benefit.
0: Yeah, we just about can stick a fork in in everything down there. Um, Okay, so let me talk briefly about dairy here and get you on your way. Um, We got our cold storage report. I'll talk about that in just a little bit. But um, just getting back to uh, prices, uh, you're you're looking at the spot prices here, and it would seem that cheese has moved kind of up to that next little uh, tick higher. We're kind of mid 20 uh, or excuse me, mid-220 uh, market right now. We, we closed yesterday at 226. Um, uh, butter is kind of holding steady. It went all the way up to 280, kind of stuck its nose over 280, and now is kind of right back down in the, in the mid-270 range. Um, you, you've, you've got decent milk uh, and, and cream availability, but I think on the cheese side of things, uh, we're seeing, demand tick up for exports. Uh, certainly our Western suppliers are selling a lot more across the pond and, and um, that has everything to do with with how we are priced in the market. It's a pretty good, pretty good bargain uh, for what they can get um, over in Asia, uh, our prices versus let's say uh, what you might be seeing in, in Australia. Uh, when you look at the butter market, um, we, we, we've got the multiples that are ticking up a little bit. Cream is getting a little bit tighter, but even though it's March, we've, we've got ice cream and, and that demand is, is starting to come in to play. Uh, that we I have seasonals written there is strong. A lot of cream cheese uh, uh, and, and and that sort of thing getting ready for the Easter holiday, and then after that, certainly is the uh, Memorial Day holiday. Um, so there's there's a, a you know a, a pretty pretty strong markets. And I think they're going to be that way here for the while. You can, you can see these international prices, Dutch prices, uh, uh, three over $3, dollars three thirty 30, almost and three forty in Germany. The last thing is I think New Zealand, uh, has been, uh, just saw this, uh, in the wires this week, really hot down there. Uh, remember this is their, uh, they're kind of coming out of their summer times and it, it's, uh, Sent their milk production a good bit lower in February, down 8%, 8 um, 8.2% versus a year ago. That's the lowest February output for them uh, since 2013. The last thing I'll leave with you today is uh, our cold storage report. This is for February. Our cheese stocks came in about 2.3% year over year, up 33 million pounds. A uh, month over month, uh, uh, you know, kind of right on line with the five-year average, up 1.7%. Uh, that's decent. I, I would I would say that that's not going to move the market really one way or another. Uh, perhaps one of the bigger things to take away from that uh, report is that American-type cheese, namely cheddar, um, is is you know was down by four million pounds. That's the the thing that everybody in Chicago focuses on. That's the prices that we watch very closely, and so. Um, that's what I would call not bearish, uh, for, for cheddar prices or cheese prices. Butter stocks, um, you know, it's kind of a mixed bag. You had a very nice growth finally month over month, uh, up almost 20% month over month and above the five-year average for month over month gain. But look at this year over year number. We're down almost 26% year over year. Um, it's a slow, slow start to the year. Um, we only had 64 million uh, pounds of butter added to stocks in the first two months of the year versus 92 on average. Some of that, if you look here at this bar chart, some of that was due to uh, COVID certainly last year and the, the huge productions that we saw a year ago. Um, but at the same time, it, it's kind of a neutral thing. Uh, this this month over month growth was decent, um, but again, it's not the type of thing that's really moving the market uh, uh, greatly here on the front end. So um, I'll, I'll leave it there. And, and uh, uh, again, refer to our, our slide here with all of our contact information, emails, and uh, our headquarter uh, home number there down in the lower left-hand corner. If you have any questions, certainly pick up the phone, give us a call. Uh, we'd sure love to help you. As Dave says all the time, Um, you know, this is, these are crazy markets and we, we all need to be careful out there. So, uh, let us know if you have any questions. We'd love to hear from you.
1: Thanks.